I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Janine Leibert, who is the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer of BET, Black Entertainment Television. Janine, hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am excellent and so happy to chat with you. I'm smiling already because I remember when I met you at Brand Week, I'm like, wow, I've got to have you on CMO Moves because you're just packed full of wisdom and charm. And so this is going to be one heck of a show. I know it. Well, thank you so much. That was such a fun trip and such a great experience. And I am so glad that we had a chance to connect there. And I'll never forget you were really going deep into the topic of culture. So we're going to dig into that a little bit later. But before we do that, can you share a little bit about your current role at BET And you mentioned earlier that you used to be the chief communications officer, and now you're the chief marketing and communications officer. So what does that mean? Sure. Well, I have been at BT for about uh, 11 years, and I've been at Viacom a total of 18 years. So I've held a variety of communications roles throughout the company. I started at MTV Networks. And about two years ago, when Deborah Lee was here, the previous CMO took on another opportunity, and she asked me, would I be interested in stepping into this new role? So first, I kind of was like, oh, wow. But what had been happening prior to that, marketing and communication have been coming closer and closer together. So the role really evolved to move and act as one voice and really to support each other. And by nature of doing that, really supporting the whole company and in talking about brand messages and also in promoting our key activities. That's really interesting. And I've had several guests on the show that share your title and it means different things to every person in every organization. But what are some of the things that you first took on to bring these two closer together? Sure. Right when I started, we were just getting ready to launch the new edition story. 
So that was 29 million viewers, three nights of amazingness. So that was really a great first project to get started on. But it really allowed us to think, yes, we know we have this amazing show, but what is the bigger brand story we want to tell about this opportunity because we knew just internally we all watched it and we're like this is a hit (laughs) like we knew (laughs) like immediately this is a hit and then it also allowed us to say okay we know that this is going to be big so how do we want to plan around it what's our strategic thinking what do we have coming up how do we want to build a whole experience and what do we want to say about the brand coming out of it so yes we want to focus on the show but let's think about strategically what's coming up and how we want to engage and what do we want to say and coming out of that my first campaign was called yes to black And it was really kind of at a moment in time when there was a lot of, well, I feel like we stay in periods of racial strife. But in that particular moment, (laughs) there was a number of things going on. And we just needed to say yes to us, yes to Black. And it all worked out that our kind of corporate messaging meshed with our programming and able to align the company around this idea. And even our holiday cards were yes to us. It was a reaffirming act. It was a way to give everybody a big hug. And then it was also a way to tell our programming messages at the same time. So that was one of the first times that we really took our programming messages, our corporate messages, bundled it all together. At the time, we were launching Madiba with Lawrence Fishburne. We had a new show, The Quad. All of that was coming out in all these great images and a great story around just being proud of our cultural heritage and just saying yes to Black as opposed to some others in the broader culture who might not have had that same perspective at the time. Right. I hear you. So now you've got both of these major functions reporting into you. How do you think about your team and how many people are in your team? How do you structure them so that you can all work cohesively together? Sure. I can certainly walk through how our teams are structured, but it's really the beauty is how our whole senior team is structured because we really see ourselves as a collaborative team. So I was just having a conversation with uh, someone a few minutes ago about a team that doesn't even report to me, but the way we all work, we all have weeklies together. We're all very strategically aligned around whatever our priorities are. But to go back, so on the PR side, we have folks in New York, folks in LA, so there are about eight to 10 people on that team. And then our creative team and marketing team, that's another 50 people on that side. And then I also have events and our corporate social responsibility teams as well. So there's another five to six in there as well. I try to manage around priorities. I think what happens in a world, particularly at BT, where we are so inside of the culture, we're leading culture, we're of the culture, we're following the culture as a media outlet. So we really play a lot of different roles. So you're impacted by news in a very unique way here. You can be involved in it, you can also be distracted by it. So you have to, we have to also <laughs> stay very focused on what are our priorities. So the team really works around priorities and setting teams around those priorities. So as an example, our next big show is called American Soul. I'm really excited about it. And under that guise, part of my role is 
how do we as a company stay really focused on how to make that show the biggest, boldest, most exciting thing ever. So it's about communications, obviously, making sure we're aligned on what our key messages are about the show and how we communicate it and make all the right announcements and start the buzziness. But it's also what's that creative looking like and how are we going to launch it across all platforms. So now we're moving into social. And of course, it's with working closely with programming to make sure we have all the content and concepts that we need to blow out whatever we're working on. So I lay that all out to say that, you know, it becomes less about how my particular teams are structured because it's really collaborative. We meet all together across team every week so that we can go against each priority and flag. Is this music cleared? Where are we with this? What's the big strategy? What do we want to say? Um, what are we missing? What have we not thought of? Who have we not engaged? And really look at it at a collaborative perspective because I think we in the past have been very siloed and you miss stuff when you're in silos and it's much more fun to work collaborative and across the different teams. No, absolutely. And glad you started that with talking about culture because culture, as you said, has such a key spot and role for you both internally and externally. Can you share a little bit about your perspective on how you a foster a culture for your team so that you can operate in the best way, but b how you then communicate your brand externally and fit into the culture externally? No, absolutely. And one thing I would say, it's constantly revolving and evolving. So I would say what I did yesterday, I might not necessarily do by our next podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I think right now in this moment, you know, you're coming off of this amazing Colin Kaepernick moment of I am unapologetic and this is what my stance are and you know who's with me we are very engaged in just looking at where millennials are also that same unapologetic attitude I'm not striving I am where I am and what does that mean and how do we tap into and make sure we kind of rein in and and our brand reflect that culture and what's happening in the world and part of it is as simple as when we're in meetings I don't I want to just hear from the most senior team members in the meeting. I want to hear from everybody, from the production assistant to the assistant. We presented this whole thing. Well, what do you think? <laughs> and speak up and let me know what, you, what you're saying. Sometimes, you know, people look for these big, very dramatic things that you would learn at a conference or something. But sometimes it's just as basic as walking in the halls and asking people what they think and making sure that people understand that their voice is important, that it's not just about hearing from one or two very specific people who may have a VP in front of their titles, but that the way that this company is going to succeed and the way we're going to win is really hearing from all voices. And that is a really great philosophy to have internally to bring that diverse thinking into the mix. But then as you think about how you communicate your brand outwardly, and you, you gave some examples earlier, like how do you continue to communicate we embrace diversity? I think part of that is... A couple of things. One is really just getting people out and doing more events and speaking. It just yesterday, our head of research did a great presentation with an organization talking about our black male study, where we're looking at black men and looking at them in a different way. Like you, if you watch the news, it's all the negative, 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 negative. And this study actually looks at 
the positive and the challenges, but the opportunities and really looking at creative ways because we do so much research. We have so much intelligence inside the company. Part of sharing what your brand is and who you are is sharing what you've learned to external parties. So that's just one example of the type of ways that internally we make sure that we find opportunities for people at all levels to get out and talk to the world. I think we spend a lot of time in our relative offices or buildings and stay very isolated. And I think what I am definitely learning more and more is like you have to just spend so much more time outside of your box to remain relevant and learn. So speaking of learning, as you progress throughout your career, so question number one is, did you ever think you'd be in this role when you first set out? Not at all. I wanted to be mayor of New York. I was having a conversation <laughs> with someone. They were like, well, what did you want to do? I was like, I am like, I have a master's in public policy. I not at all what I thought I would be doing. But I have to say, most people, when they get the entertainment bug, like it kind of just gets them. And it's so ever changing and so exciting. So no, I never anticipated being in this role, but I'm certainly happy that I'm here. Oh, I love it. Mayor of New York. Okay. So that, that's going to come up again later. I guarantee it. <laughs> As you were going into this field, I mean, you navigated to a point where you were running communications and then took on the marketing as well. What did you learn along the way that you would share back with others who need some helpful tips? Sure. I feel like I'm learning something every day because it's like once you think you have it, then it totally changes. I think part of it is we live in a television ratings world that is extremely challenging. So I think one thing that I learned was really understand what your metric of success is, because sometimes you can have the greatest campaign, the most brilliant thinking but did it drive the outcome that is needed to drive the revenue? <laughs> and sometimes you just get so excited. I just love this execution. This is brilliant. Da, 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 da. And you have to work from your gut, but it is also, it's that parallel pathing. So some people only live in the financial and they really understand outcomes and that's their focus. Others are more esoteric and they're more like, oh, I just love it. It just feels good. I'm kind of in the middle. I think part of your team, you have to have people to reinforce across the board so that you're all aligned on that outcome piece. And then understanding what the factors are that are changing that outcome and how you can help redefine what that success looks like. And I think that's part of what we're doing now. I mean, obviously, the television universe is eroding, but yet people are watching more entertainment across all platforms. I don't even know how people consume as much entertainment as they consume. I still have This Is Us from last week to watch but um, (laughs) I'm like I I just caught up but I'm not caught up for me it's a a combination of understanding what your outcome is really delivering it against it but at the same time helping your team as well as the executives that you work with understand what the new success is going to look like because I think we have a dual role that we have to obviously meet our outcomes and meet our ratings and last year we had ended the year with some great double-digit ratings, so that's exciting. But as your audience just becomes harder to reach, we have to start thinking of what are our new outcomes and how can we help shape what those look like. So I have, um, it's a little bit of a sensitive question for you, but I want to ask it because I want to be sensitive to it. And that is, 
We're dealing with times right now that are very volatile and a lot of emotions are running rampant in different ways. How do you stay sane? Like, how do you separate out emotion from empathy? I mean, they're two, they're similar, but they're different. (laughs) Well, personally or professionally? (laughs) (laughs) I think the personal one could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, exactly. I think (laughs) But professionally, so I'll give a good example. This is one of my favorite examples. So our overall arching is that we know at BT Networks, we have a great place in our community. People have grown up with us. We hear all the time, I Teen Summit and 106 in Park and the game and being Mary Jane, like they've seen our evolution, they understand it. And, you know, I think we hold that place where we have a responsibility to be thoughtful, to provide respite, to provide joy and energy, as well as give back all the love that we get. So I think that is what helps you stay sane is to figure out, well, what can we do? We definitely want to entertain our audience. We want to bring joy, but we also want to equip and help think. So I remember, you know, right after Trayvon Martin and Ferguson, we were like, what can we do that's different to talk about these issues? And we did a whole new special on the importance of voting, but more importantly, voting for your district attorney and how the district attorney is the most important person when you're looking at issues of police brutality and wondering why verdict A didn't happen. And so while people may get perplexed on a presidential election and the electoral college and all of that, we'll save that for another podcast as well. um, (laughs) There are things that we can do in our local communities to make a difference. And those are the things that keep me sane here is a great team of people who think about what those solutions can look like. You know, most recently we did a midterm election special with Angela Rye, which was really fantastic. And we had Cory Booker on and Valerie Jarrett and really tackling some of these issues and making sure that, you know, we're exposing and reminding our audience of not only how important these issues are, but how we can help impact and change those issues. You know, we had Stacey Abrams on several times on the show, just introducing her to the audience, making sure that people know who she is. You know, unfortunately, she didn't win this time. But, you know, giving platforms to people who are trying to make a difference in a way that they might not get when they're just getting started. So all of those things are just a few examples of how, again, we all work together across the company, but where how we see how we can make a difference in an insane world. I applaud your efforts. I think that's fantastic. Obviously, I'm not your only fan because didn't you just recently win a Gracie's Award? I did. Congratulations. (laughs) Tell me about that. I have to say, and I kind of went wax poetic on my Instagram about this. But so the Alliance for Women in Media have the Gracie Awards, which they typically give to, you know, big stars. And this year they switched it up and also gave Gracies to women who are excelling in their fields. And I was super proud to be one of them. Shared the stage with some amazing women, but one of them was my mentor, Carol Robinson, who hired me originally at MTV Networks. So uh, we worked with each other. I started working with her in 2000 and 
it was just so emotional to get this award with her. And I started talking about in my speech, like just the importance of supporting each other and how to be a good leader. And um, I was saying, we learn everything you're supposed to learn uh, about treating people well in kindergarten. So I said, I learned everything I know about being a good boss from Carol Robinson, because one of the things that I loved about how I engaged with her and what I learned working with Tom Preston and Judy McGrath and Seema Zargarmi and these great leaders was, you know, she always had me in the room for those conversations. So when we're trying to figure out some very complicated, sensitive decisions, I was really able to understand both sides. Here's the business reason for doing something, but here's the person behind the decision that we need to give some consideration to. And how is this decision going to impact these other considerations? So it was an incredible award to receive. It was an amazing moment. It was at the Plaza Hotel. I was like, wow, it was just really a special award. Thank you for asking. No, and congratulations. Uh, very yeah. exciting. Well-deserved. <laughs> it was. I was like, oh my gosh, is this for me? And it's a beautiful award. It's just very gorgeous also. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking we have to dig up some pictures so I can yeah. include it when I release your podcast so we can see you on stage there. So oh, I will... I have a photo or two. I have a photo. I, I'm sure you do. No, all right. So I'm so glad you mentioned mentoring and mentorship because we talk a lot about that as well on CMO Moves and the importance of that. And so many of my guests have been so thankful for all the mentors that they've had in their career and they're eager to give back and be mentors to others. And that's something that's been really remarkable and had the fortune of launching a mentor program. And that was just very rewarding for me. But how do you think about that, either from a corporate standpoint or a personal standpoint, being mentored, giving back, providing those opportunities for others to grow? It is really why we are here. When I moved from the public sector into the private sector, I had to think about how to do it. So I started just reaching out to people who I had connections with and in my life, I went to Vassar College. So that's where I started. I started with my Vassar list and I started calling people and just making those connections. And it's so funny that so many of the people who I called then just cold called and just was like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to make this move, you know, became my mentors and have helped me throughout my entire career. So to me, mentorship is everything. My my mentorship to me is very loosely defined. I'm like, if you pick up the phone from someone who was calling to ask you a question and you take time out of your schedule to help them think through something or just let them understand what a new career is, I'm not that old, but, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't think of all these different careers. I didn't even know this career existed. It was kind of like, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can go work in the government. They were like, you didn't really understand all the opportunities in advertising and all the opportunities in media. I didn't have that information at my fingertips when I was growing up. So to have people who sat me down and explained to me, like, this is what strategic communications looks like, and this is what media, how it evolves, and this is how media empires are organized. Like, you need people to tell you that. You know, you don't learn that in school. So mentorship to me is very, very important. I try to lead in a mentorship. You know, I have an open door policy. I try to, you know, make myself very available. I am on the board of an organization called um, ColorCom, which is an amazing organization run by an amazing woman named Lauren Wesley Wilson, who I thought I was kind of mentoring, but I think now she mentors me, I think is what's happening now. (laughs) (laughs) But you also learn that. I mean, as you reach out your hand to someone to say, oh, no, please, whatever you need, let me be here for you. You give that little 
bit of energy and they go off and just create something amazing. And that's been the most exciting thing beyond the ground level of working with someone and as they're getting started, giving them a little bit of information and then they take that and just go crazy and make something amazing. Yeah, I'm very, very excited every day uh, to see what people are doing and what new things they're coming up with, because I feel like finally we're in a space where everyone is really trying to help each other succeed. And that, to me, makes me very happy. And we see some incredible innovation come from that. And I I think that's the beauty of social media. I mean, I know I'm raising two teenagers, so I have lots to say about social media, but on the positive side, it is a great way, particularly for women, to connect with each other around business ideas and successes and challenges and applaud each other, but also just to let other people know what you're doing. I think so many people just have a lot of interests, some that they get to do during their day-to-day, some are their kind of side hustle that they are doing. And because of social media, they're able to connect with people of like interest. People are able to support other people's businesses. People are able to understand and you get to see people's lives. Like I kind of, I love that. So you get to see, you know, this is not just a person who's working at this trade organization, who's calling me for, you know, $25,000 sponsorship, but this is someone who loves to ski and has great friends and, you know, is really focused on, you know, young women and learning more about education, like whatever it is, learning more about people's whole self. It helps you be more open with them as well. Can agree more. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us something that we don't know about you that we might see on social media that is a fun fact about you. Oh, that you might see, that you might see. The fun fact, I don't know if this is a fun fact, this would probably be the antithesis of my so, my social media persona. I could sit home and watch Law & Order SVU for an endless number of hours. <laughs> like an endless number. Like literally an endless number. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but... That's my thing. That's my jam. Well, it is interesting because when you were talking earlier about, you know, when you were, you know, first thinking about a career, you hadn't even conceived of this as a career option. It was the first thing you said was lawyer. So maybe was there an influence in your life somewhere along the way that had you thinking about law? You know, that's really funny that you said that because, well, my my father uh, was a police officer for many years, and um, he actually was the one who really wanted me to be a lawyer. So maybe there's some something there. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I like, never thought of that, and that's really funny. So <laughs> I just got goosebumps, and we'll have to I, pause like, and reflect on that. So yeah, I'm going to have to come. I have to journal that one. But we are unfortunately coming up uh, short on time. So I have two more questions for you. Any other tips on uh, marketing or being a CMO or excelling in your career that you want to share with someone who might be tuning in today? Sure. I, I think right now it's looking at the disruptor brands and really paying attention to what they're doing. If you're in quote unquote legacy brand is really just, I think we always think the best ideas in the building, the best ideas are all over the place. I find ourselves spending much more time just really 
engaging and staying in the culture because it's changing so fast and trying to understand what's on the next thing. So that's the one thing I would say is really just paying attention to what those tactics that are maybe not yet tried and true, but kind of new. So we see now like influencer marketing is all the rage, but what's that next thing? Really trying to think of what's that next thing and paying attention to what's that next platform that's going to continue engagement. And then I think the other thing is just spending a lot more time in the field. We want to just know more about our audience. We want them to know more about us and really trying to figure out and spend a lot more time on what those high touch experiences are. And that has been very fruitful for a host of reasons. We do it with the BT experience that we do around the BT award when we have done much more kind of in market activity. And I think what we can learn from those from an experiential perspective, but also from an overall audience engagement perspective is something that we are really interested in right now. So cool. And thank you for sharing that. Those are really good tips. And I'm excited to learn more about what you learn over time. And like you said, we're going to have to get back together again sometime soon. But my last question for you, and now I actually might even know the answer now, but maybe you'll (laughs) surprise me again. But if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, money and talent were no object, what would you be doing? Oh, I would be <laughs> running a hotel. I was going to give this whole fantasy island analogy, but I, I love it. it. Anyway, <laughs> but I would literally be running some amazing hotel on Caribbean islands right now. I'm kind of loving Nevis, Barbados, any island. I would be running an incredible resort on an island and it would all about fitness and rejuvenation and really living a healthy life. Very cool. All right. You know, what's so funny is literally we were just talking about Barbara Messing before we jumped on to record this and Barbara has a similar dream. So the two of you guys, uh, we got to talk because she, she would know exactly where we need to do it. (laughs) Yes, she would. Absolutely. As a former CMO of TripAdvisor, now (laughs) he's been around a little bit. She's been around. Okay. That'll be, that'll be the next one. I'm going to, we're going to connect us offline. We'll do it. (laughs) I think there's so many, and ask her about Mamma Mia and I'm going to leave it at that, but we'll we'll go from there. So awesome. Okay. Well, Janine, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a true pleasure to have you on the show. I want to say thank you so much. And I just want to do like two quick shout outs. I just want to say I'm so happy that we got a chance to connect at Brand Week. I'm going to shout out Mr. Danny Wright for that. And I think that's also just a, a good important reason why it's so important to go to events and take yourself out of the workplace to meet awesome people like you. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.